The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. better get healthy and help animals welcome to main street vegan with your host victoria moran some facts on bird brilliance sage max of world animal protection collected these facts chickens have really good memories they can solve puzzles by pecking at, pecking at the pieces with their beaks to let their human helpers know which ones go where. Chickens can also recognize up to 100 different human faces. They make around 30 different calls to communicate with each other, expressing everything from thanks for the food to there's a predator in the coop. And chickens love to purr, just like cats. Now, let's look at pigeons. They are one of only a small number of species to pass the mirror test. That is, they can recognize their own reflections. They can also distinguish different human faces and photographs, recognize each letter of a human alphabet, differentiate impressionism from other styles of art, and identify malignant and benign tumors on a biopsy slide or a mammogram. We're going to be talking about these amazing beings today. After the break, we'll meet Breather yeah. Rooster and her human companion, Camille Licati, and we'll open with someone who knows pigeons so well that in New York City and beyond, she is known as Mother Pigeon. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran, host of the Main Street Vegan Program. What a pleasure to be with you today. You know, I always love doing this show, but when I really get to talk about these amazing non-human beings that really is the reason most of us are vegans to begin with, it warms my heart in an extra special way. And also to be able to showcase the lives and the work of people who are devoting themselves to the well-being of others. If everybody did that, what a world this would be. 
So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce Tina Pina Trachtenberg, aka Mother Pigeon. She is an outsider performance artist and animal activist. You can follow her on Instagram at Mother Pigeon Brooklyn and find out about her art, her activism, and her urban wild friends. Welcome, Mother Pigeon. Hello, hello. Great to be here. <laughs> what Thanks a pleasure to be me, talking Victoria. with you. You are such a happy maker online. Whenever I see your pictures, whenever I see your art, I always feel that there's so much hope for this world. So tell us a little bit about you and your work and how you became Mother Pigeon. Well, um, I... Uh, I didn't grow up in uh, New York City or anything like that, but I've always loved animals um, growing up in Texas, and um, and um, uh, I would be just attracted to any animal that was around me, and um, that I could, you know, I just I just always had uh, love for little creatures, you know, and so. Um, uh, in my 20s, I moved to, in the 80s, I moved to um, uh, New York, and, and I noticed these, these amazing birds that, um, that are there, and um, they're living their lives, and they're being so adorable, and uh, I thought, well, you know, I can start feeding them, because I love to feed uh, people, friends, animals, I love to feed everyone. So I, I started feeding the pigeons um, when I moved there, and it just was such a fun thing to do, you know. Just um, I thought, well, this is this is nice, and look how cute they are and fun, and and so I started doing that. And uh, um, my I just you know once I started feeding them and and observing them and spending time with them, I just uh, fell in love with them. And, um, and then, um, and then I started uh, taking in little babies that had been abandoned or fallen out of, out of their uh, nest or, uh, you know, injured pigeons. And then, then you become even more bonded to the little animal because, you know, you're there with them and you, and you're really, you're really having a relationship with them. So, um, so it just, it just kept growing. And then I realized that people didn't like them. You know, it just, it just got more and more apparent that people would say really horrible things if I were feeding them or interacting with them. And then that just, that just grew, grew my love for them even more because I'm like, Oh, well, I, now I should, you know, do something to let people know how, how amazing they are. And, and then, and then I started making, you know, fabric pigeons. Uh, as, well, they're made out of fabric and wire, and um, and then placing them out as performance, and um, and it really caught on, and people really love it, and it became just a, a you know my vocation to go out and teach people about them, or even it's not even it's more so just taking the time to stop and look at a pigeon and 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 see them you know not everyone sees a flower or a piece of art or um and i and i think that they are flowers and pieces of art and so um i wanted people to see them and and it would be very interesting because people would say 
oh, uh, you know, oh, I like your pigeons, but the real ones are disgusting. And I would say, well, that's absolutely the wrong thing to say to Mother Pigeon, you know, because uh, the real ones are magnificent compared to these fabric things. Um, but um, so, uh, but I, I do uh, change a lot of minds. I call them my converts because I call this uh, what I do call, I call it the pigeon religion. And so I really have uh, a lot of people who have come to me later and they say, wow, I, you know, I really, I really didn't like pigeons. I actually hated them and now I love them. So you've changed my mind. And, um, and that is, you know, that's definitely, um, been it, it just warms my heart i i you know that is that is that makes me want to be out there every day doing this and it's it's such a joy to see you i've seen you a couple of times in union square park and it always feels like you know kind of like when you find a bright shiny penny or something that's going to bode well for the day <laughs> a mother pigeon <laughs> sighting is like that so why do you think it is that People have such strong feelings, something that I have learned since living with a pigeon, because my daughter also does rescue, but this one particular pigeon is blind in one eye, so he can't live outside, so he lives with us. And, and just if I have to take him to the vet or something, very often the, the Uber driver or the taxi driver will say, oh, I, I, I used to raise pigeons growing up. And not that I believe that that's a good thing to do, but at least they have this connection, you know, oh, pigeons are so smart and they're so wonderful. But then other people, like if I'm on the subway and somebody will look in and think maybe I have a kitten or something and they see it's a pigeon and they'll go, ooh. So, you know, and right. then I want to say, then stay in your own seat and don't look in my carrier. <laughs> but right, what's, right. what's the deal? Why don't we like these amazing birds? Well, um, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but uh, first, uh, well, I, I am going to get sidetracked here a little bit because, first of all, I, uh, one thing that really um, I really think is a problem with um, – communicating to people about how amazing certain animals are. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that we have to say, well, they're very intelligent. You know, they, they see themselves in the mirror. They pass the mirror test or they, or they do this or they do that. It's like, I don't care what they do. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be that we only revere animals that are highly intelligent. Most human beings are, are morons. So, and, 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 and let's step and take a little step further. Babies are complete imbeciles. They poop on themselves. They can't eat for themselves. They can't. So what, are we supposed to disregard a baby? Um, so, so um, I don't like this whole like, oh, you know, the animal is intelligent. So now we have to treat it better. I like to go more so with the animal is here and wants to live a life just like you live and wants to um and is 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 surviving the best that they can just like you and 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 they're never an it either i i i call them they or she or he uh give them that um and also i just feel like you know the more we try to i i i think i i my approach is you know, animals are, they are, we are, we are them and they are us. 
and and so can we just all live together happily and and respectfully and um, no matter how intelligent you are or how dumb you are or what you like or what I don't like or who you know how about we just notice life and and the beauty uh, of a pigeon who is actually very beautiful to me I mean with the iridescent feathers and the and even the raggedy ones. I love the little raggedy ones that yeah. don't have I actually love those more. I love the ones that have one toe, you know. So it's these these are the things that um you know, I think about when people try to uh, you know, put these put creatures on a pedestal in different, you know, in different ranges of 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 intelligence or beauty. Um uh, for me, I go for the most raggedy, <laughs> down and out little creature that's just trying to survive. I will give that one all my love. Um, so, um, uh, your question being why, I think that, again, we have just lost our connection with nature. I think we've just lost our connection with nature. And um, so, uh any time that we can talk about pigeons or have someone notice them uh i think that that that's the best way to do it i've wondered sometimes if a lot of people just don't like cities and and pigeons are so representative of cities and always being a, a very urban like little girl and always wanting to live in a bigger city <laughs> than the one where I grew up. I just loved yeah. pigeons. Whenever I went anywhere bigger, there seemed to be more of them. It seemed to be proof, you know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. If you're a pigeon, you're cool. So I know yeah. um, that you would like to talk about another bird of another species and her name is Myrtle, which is kind of special for us at Unity Online Radio because the co-founder of the Unity Movement was named Myrtle Fillmore. So tell us about your Myrtle. Okay, let's see if I can do this without getting too emotional. I haven't been able to talk about Myrtle because it was, it was, it was a, a, it's not, I mean, it is a happy ending in, in some way if we, if we really tap into what the universe wants from us. But I'm I okay, so here goes. Myrtle, I got I I am the go to person for people who have an injured bird, right? So uh on my Instagram I'll have many messages. There's a you know, a pigeon with a broken wing, there's a chicken running around, there's a you know, what do I do? So most of my day, a lot of my day is is connecting with people and telling them how to uh take care of a a, a baby bird or something like that. I get a call and it is a friend of mine and he says there's a there's a chicken running around uh Kiki Riki slaughterhouse which is right down the not too far from where I live, 10 blocks away. And um and I'm thinking, "All right, well, then catch the chicken and bring the chicken to me." Like, you know, I try I try very hard to not get rude and tell people, you know, you need to do something. So I'm like, okay, you please make the effort to catch the chicken and bring her to me, and then I will do my best to find her a place and everything. So uh, he messages me and he says, I can't, I can't get it. I can't even touch it. It's, I'm sorry. He goes, it's really disgusting. And I said, okay, 
well, this is where I have to be patient and, and you know, not get not get emotional. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, why? And he said, she's, you know, this chicken is just gross and scary. I'm like, okay. So I, I'm like, okay, well, this, this is where I have to step in. So I get, I, t- I bring a blanket, uh, a little like sheet blanket thing and a, and a box. And, um, and I went over there and he said, um, the chicken, um, is in that corner over there in those planters hiding. And I said, okay. So I went over there and she was there. She was, she had her little head hiding in the planter with her body sticking out, thinking that, you know, we couldn't see her. And I, and I went to just, you know, get her. And I put my uh, hands around her body, which was, he was right. It was the most sad thing, hardly any feathers. She smelled like horrible, like death. And, um, and I, when I touched her to pull her out, she screamed. I mean, just screaming. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Well, this is not going to be easy. So, uh, so then I put the sheet, uh, the blanket around her, and I was able to get her and and cradle her. The whole time she's screaming. I mean, uh, uh, like as if I am, I as if I'm going to kill her. And I, and then I said, okay, thanks, Flippy. You know, I'm on my way. I got to go. I'm going to take her to my house. And so um, he left and, um, and I walked home with her and I just talked to her and I told her, you know, everything's going to be okay. And, uh, you know, just let her know that she's in safe hands and she calmed down and she stopped screaming. And then I, I brought her into my bathroom and one of her toes had been freshly chopped I guess maybe when they pulled her out of the cage or whatever so that was bleeding she smelled up my whole apartment she smelled so bad she would scream once I put her down she would scream if I walked into the bathroom to talk to her bring her food or anything um and um she was in the most horrendous condition I mean I can't again I cannot you you would never eat a, a chicken or an egg ever again after meeting Myrtle um, and so I uh, called all of my chicken rescue people. They 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 came to the to the rescue, and they they one of them we we were able to bring her over, and and they took her to a sanctuary, and but they said that they'd never met a chicken that was so damaged and tortured like Myrtle. Usually they will calm down after a while and know that you're not going to hurt them, but she was so hurt and so I um so they took her and they had her uh, at one place for a day then they took her to a sanctuary she was doing better she was starting to trust them uh I was feeling great about this I'm like oh my god Myrtle's going to be like this miracle story you know her feathers will grow back she'll she'll have a life in this farm anyway they did a surgery on her and she died coming out of surgery so that was devastating because you know they um there was a reason why they did the surgery i don't remember exactly what it was right now but uh she did not make it and she um but you know i look at the the good side is that we all came together to love her and honor her and to give her everything we could 
the way the best that we could, whether the surgery was not a, be- a good decision, whether you know I had many people being that surgery was not a good decision, and th- that really upset me. But whether any of that is the issue for me, I just have to say thank goodness that Myrtle was loved and and had some dignity in her death and and the 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 few weeks that she lived you know peacefully. Um, and now she is a billboard in Brooklyn. Oh my goodness! And something we could just go see. Yeah, the the um, sorry, the uh, yeah, the billboard is up. It just it just went up um a few a few days ago. I haven't posted about it yet, but I will because it is an incredible story. Well, then we will be checking your Instagram at Mother yeah. Pigeon. You know, this is an, and thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I know how hard it is because when, when you love somebody, whether they're in your life for a long time or a short time, you know, that, that bond is there and, and it's very, yeah. very hard to lose anyone that, that we have bonded with. So some of the animal rescue stories have lovely, happy endings, and uh, some of them do not. <laughs> yep. But yeah. I believe that every creature that does not go through the slaughter process is um, is just one more voice of hope that one of these days yeah. we are going to have a vegan world. So yeah. how does it work for your family and those around you? I think you're visiting family right now. And do they just accept you as you are, or or was it a little bit strange there for a while when you made some different <laughs> decisions about your life and animals? Oh well, you know it's, it's Texas, so um, it is a different life, um, completely different. Uh, I, um, you know, I mean they they they. They have accepted me. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, uh, you know, we went to a steakhouse. You know, what do I get at a steakhouse? Well, I get the side dishes, the broccoli, the, you know, you know that kind of thing, um, the steamed uh, spinach. or um, And, um, you know, there is a lot of eating in Texas. Uh, you know, just have to have to work around all of that. Um I, uh, yeah, it's a different life and they, they, my friends and family do love me a lot and do, you know, I have one friend that I grew up with, we met when we were five, so I stay with her a lot while I've been here and she, she's amazing, you know, she'll be like, okay, well, make sure we have something for you to eat, you know, uh, uh, now do you want to, you know do this or that and I you know I it's not only about like my animal activism I also don't like watching tv I don't go to movies I mean you know I, it's a whole life of of complete different than they are so it's it's um but they 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 love me and and work well with me and it were and it, it's been it's been really nice Oh, that's beautiful. That's how you know who your true friends are. <laughs> so yeah, tell me a little yeah. bit about your really unique artistic vision. You're a performance artist, and I don't think everybody really even knows what that is. So tell us about that and how it works in your life. 
So uh, performance art is is when you do something movement-wise that becomes art. Uh, it's a it's a it's a show. It's creative. Now, um, you know, some people would be like, "Well, okay, you call it, well what you do is performance art because you know usually a performance artist would be jumping around and." you know, tossing something up in the air or, you know, breaking something or, you know, you never know. But for me, um, uh, I, first of all, my fashion and the way I dress is performance always. (laughs) And then when I go out with my birds and I'm there and I'm sitting with the birds and I am either crafting or feeding the birds, that is part of my performance. And it, and I want people to stop and watch. Um, I want people to take pictures. I want people to talk to me. Um, because what I'm doing is it's it's a performance. It's a it's a I'm I'm allowing you into my world and my world is very weird. <laughs> but I want you to come in and, and a lot of people will be scared and shy. You know, they'll come over quietly and they'll be like, you know, try to talk, but like scared. Like, no, come on. You know, like I'm not out here with the birds in my hair and, you know, feathers uh, around my collar to to be alone. You know, I'm here to to share, uh, you know, my passion and love for the animals and these creatures that get so much grief. Um, So I uh, that I want it to be fun and I want them to have, you know, have a fun time with me. And, um, and that is my performance and it changes. It's probably going to change once I get back to the New York, because I have all these ideas now that I, what I want to do. So I have a, a new idea that I'm coming up with. And, uh, and I also have a storybook that is being printed right now, which is ex- so exciting, uh, that I want to talk about real quick. Um, I wrote a story uh, and it is the introduction to Mother Pigeon and her world and how she lives. And I illustrated it. And my husband, who's a writer, uh, uh, wrote it in rhyme. And uh, it is finally finished after two years. And it is it is it has gone to print. So I will have that for sale, too, when I'm out. Oh, that's fabulous. We will all have to look for that and we will find you (laughs) at Mother Pigeon Brooklyn on Instagram. We've got about 30 seconds. Do you have a wish for the pigeons or the animals of the world? I do. I wish them love and happiness and peace and joy. And I wish uh, that all of us together humans, animals, we are animals, we are human, nature, trees, flowers, birds, we all come together and be the best and most beautiful that we can be every day and live together happily. Bless your heart. You know, you you said that you, you were weird or your life was weird. I wish everybody was weird because that would be the world <laughs> that we would all want to live in. So thank you so much for taking the time today. I look forward to seeing you when you're back in New York City. Everybody else, stay with us. We're going to meet a rooster. Thanks, George. Thanks, Victoria. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. 
Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Thanks so much for being with us today as we celebrate birds of at least a couple of kinds and beings of all kinds. That's really what we're about here at Main Street Vegan. You can find out more at MainStreetVegan.net where we keep our show notes. Ooh, and I'm hearing our next guest. That's Bree the Rooster coming right up. So do check out all the URLs and information about both of our guests today at MainStreetVegan.net. And I also want to refer you to another website, and that is CompassionConsortium.org or CompassionConsortium.org, some people say. This is a spiritual center for people who care about animals. So if that's you, please check us out. Our celebration service is uh, the fourth Sunday of every month. So there'll be one coming up on Sunday, September 26th. That's 4 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S. And our guest this time for our interfaith, interspiritual, interspecies service is Duke McLeod, who is a Sufi. Muslim from um, New Zealand, and we're also going to be doing a compassion in action segment when we look at what it means to be a vegan empath. You know, some of us are kind of thick-skinned, and we go out and we do what we have to do, and other people are just tender, and they're a very vital and vibrant part of our movement, too. So check that out, compassionconsortium.org. Everybody's welcome. And now it is my great pleasure to introduce Bree, the rescue rooster, and his human, Camille Lakati. Besides being Bree's adoptive mom, Camille is the founder of Kids for Positive Change, a multimedia education company inspiring kids K through 12 to take positive action for animals, people, and the planet. They've been featured on PBS and the soon-to-be PBS Learning Media. Camille created educational programs, calling them Wake Up With Brie, to spread Brie's message of Brie kind to yourself, others, all animals, and the planet. Welcome, Camille and Brie. Thank you so much, Victoria. We are so happy to be with you today. And uh, Bree already said his hello uh, during your introduction. That was a lovely hello. I noticed that. (laughs) So how did this come to be? How did you uh, become a dear companion of a rooster? Well, I was living in New York City at the time. This is back in 2017. I was working at a wonderful organization called Wild Bird Fund, who is a, it's a rehab center for orphaned, sick, injured, and orphaned birds. Someone called in from Brooklyn, New York, saying there was a very exotic bird uh, cheeping on the street, and that exotic bird ended up being Bree, who at the time was simply a four- or five-day-old chick. Um, of course, I fell in love with him, because how can you not fall in love with a big yellow puffball? Brought him home to my Brooklyn apartment to foster him. And when Brie a few months later turned out to be a rooster, I realized how hard it is to 
find placement for roosters, particularly at sanctuaries, because they are so inundated with uh, roosters and rooster rescues. So I did what I would think anybody would do. I, I moved for the love of Brie, and I now live in a little town in Ohio where, uh, where Brie is welcome. I don't think that's what anybody would do. <laughs> I think that's what you would do and other amazing people like I'm talking with today. So tell us how knowing Brie has changed your life and, and your perception of chickens and roosters. Yeah. Well, you know, Brie is, he, he makes me laugh on a daily basis. And it, I could have, be having the most stressful day. And it always astounds me, Victoria, how he knows my mood. Um, just like uh, I think we think cats and dogs, you know, they pick up on our our, our moods, but but chickens do too, and Bree particularly does, which was surprising to me at first. Um, he'll hop on the back of my computer chair and peck my shoulder if he feels like I'm working too long or he feels like I'm stressed. And I think just having him in my life on a daily basis really has showed me throughout the years that he's just as intelligent and curious and loving as really any other sentient being, um, particularly, again, cats and dogs, which we would, most people would think belong in the house. Um, rescue roosters, I would add them to the list as well. So how do you react to people who just see Brie as something that they would consider consuming after slaughter. Yeah. Um, I, I have to be honest. When I first encountered the little remarks of like, oh, he looks delicious or, oh, I've got to go get me some chicken wings, um, I, I actually felt a little offended at first. But then, um, you know, opening, you talked about, you know, that compassionate heart, um, really opening my heart to being compassionate and understanding people might not know what I know about roosters. They probably don't. Um, it really opened my mind and heart to educating them. So now I approach it. Sometimes you know, I'll smile and say, you know what, you, would you like to hold him? And Victoria, it's so funny because more times than not, and more interestingly, adult, middle-aged men particularly, when I say, would you like to hold Bree, they turn into to, to that childlike essence comes out. That, oh, oh, sure, yeah, sure, I'll hold him. So I kind of try to give those particular people the experience of Brie, of holding him, of petting him. Um, Brie has a great habit these days. He likes to jump on people's backs or their shoulder. And it, it kind of opens those people's hearts because I see it. I see this transformation happening of like, wait a minute. This isn't just a, a chicken thigh or a leg or a wing. This is this this living, breathing individual, if you will, that is making me laugh and it is making me feel different about about uh, about chickens in particular. So, so that's how I approach it now, anyway. Oh, that's that's difficult, but but good for you because I think whenever we can. <laughs> approach people with love and understanding, it kind of gets mm -hmm. to the love and understanding that is inside of them and kindles it more. So I exactly. would just love a kind of personality profile of Brie. I don't personally <laughs> know any roosters, so help me understand what at least this one is like. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, he's a creature of habit, like most of us are. He he wakes up between four thirty and five thirty every morning. It's his first crow. Um, he's a he's a very patient rooster. Um, he'll wait for me to get up. I don't have to get up at five thirty. I usually roll out of bed around six or six thirty. He's waiting for me. He sleeps in, um, on a roosting bar in his own little room in the house. So he waits for me to open the door. Um, he gives me what I call the happy dance. So um, it's he shuffles back and forth, and he kind of looks at me with this side glance, which tells me that he wants to be cuddled and kissed, and we do our little morning greeting. And then um, we walk across the house to the kitchen for me to make my coffee, and uh, Brie has some sunflower seeds. That's how we start most of the, most days, sometimes fresh blueberries. And then um, – he really kind of just chills out. You know, if I'm working, he'll join me in my office. He loves to be outside in his coop. But then around the 3 o'clock hour, he starts to get a little tired. And he'll start to he'll roost in his coop or roost on the back of my computer chair. And if I don't put him to bed between 4.30 and 5, he gets really grouchy and he'll actually start to peck my feet. And that's that's my sign of mom. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. And, um, and so that's in a nutshell, Bree's everyday life. When he's introduced to new people, be them children or adults, he just turns into this amazing teacher. And what I mean by that is it's almost like he knows how to react based on that person's energy. So if, uh, if it's a child and they're excited, you know, he'll stay very patient and he'll, he'll let a child or children pet him or hold him. But if it's an adult that maybe you, you can kind of tell that adult has never been around a rooster before, he'll, he'll stay very, very still and he'll allow them to pick him up. Um, so it's really incredible. It always amazes me how he can kind of read a person and kind of become what they need him to be in order for them to have an experience with him. that That's a talent that so many humans <laughs> could stand to develop. I'd love more of that right. myself. Me so, too. The, the website, everybody, is wakeupwithbree, B-R-E-E dot com. Uh, Instagram, Bree and me, Rooster. And we'll put all those uh, URLs and links on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. So Brie works with you in your outreach to children, and you've got a lot going on there. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, so Brie is actually um, on PBS as we speak, the Kids for Positive Change series, which is a eight-episode uh, series of videos that feature not only Brie, but a number of kids here uh, from Ashtabula County, Ohio, where I'm originally from. And we look at animals, ecosystems, the problems the planet and animals are facing, and then we empower kid viewers to take positive action. And Brie is the Kids for Positive Change mascot. So um, he's actually been on our film set. He loves to be filmed. He sees the camera come out, and he actually will hop up on his ladder, like, okay, I'm ready for my close-up. So he's, he's part of the program there. And then with the live or virtual classroom programs that, um, that we facilitate, he's part of those programs. And the Wake Up With, <laughs> the Wake Up With Bree website um, has 
under the parent and educators page, you can get a glimpse of a couple of our programs are available um, to see there. And it just speaks to Bree's message that you, um, you introduced us with his messages of Bree kind to yourself, others, animals, and the planet. And I just found that people relate to Bree. It's he's different. Um, you don't have a, a rooster in everyday education programs. And I really feel like that's part of his gift and message to the world because people think, oh, wait, that's a rooster. What, what does Bree have to say? Um, so he's very much a part of all of my programs. And I, I love it when a teacher will particularly request him to be part of a program, particularly Victoria. Um, what I get a kick out of, it's my high school teachers I work with that'll say to me, oh, you know, is Bree joining us for tomorrow's presentation to the high school kids? So people ask for him. Um, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I, I really love it. So I have a question that I like to ask anyone who works with animals that we think of as farmed animals and, and children, because kids get it. They don't need a whole lot of coaching to put two and two together and understand that they do not want to be eating animals. But oftentimes mm. their parents will have a different opinion. So how do you navigate that? That is such a great question. Um, I navigate it, uh, I tread lightly because as you just said, a child, I've had so many children in Victoria that after we do a Brie and Me program, you know, especially if the program is right before lunch, you know, they'll, they'll go and say, I'm just going to have the, the, the broccoli and the rice for lunch. I'm going to leave the, the meat portion of the lunch offering off my plate. Um, but I do feel like because we want to include everyone in Brie's message and teach them, um, that I have to do it gradually. So the first thing I try to do is just show Bree in his wonderful light. He is definitely an ambassador for not only chickens, but all farmed animals, and try to open up not only kids' hearts, but through educational materials, I try to send home to parents and to adult educators, and definitely some of which you'll see on the Wake Up With Brie website, especially on the Brie Kind to Animals page, of really showing people what they can do. Um, you and I, and, and I'm sure a, a, a lot of the, the listeners know the horrors of the industrial agriculture um, uh, factory farming. So it's, it's not so much I speak to that, but I speak to, okay, what can we do? What are some nut milks and ice creams made with nut milks that we can eat? I try to get the kids excited about that, and I find then they pass that along to whatever adults are in their lives to get excited about it. Oh, that's a good way um, to do it. Week. The food. The food is such food, a great ambassador right? I mean, always. Yeah, and um, and it's it's not out just yet, but it 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 will be posted um sometime this fall in the Kids for Positive Change series. We actually did a complete thirty minute episode dedicated to our farm animal friends, and you'll see the the kids that are actually featured in the episode along with Bree talk about how they can't live without ice cream. And then you know one of the kids say, you know, there's ice cream made from plants, and they're like, what? And they say, you know, you can get ice cream made from oat milk milk and hemp milk and, and different nut milks. So we kind of try to speak to what, uh, what kids want to eat and, and telling them and their parents, hey, it's all available, pizza, mac and cheese, all those comfort foods, they all can be vegan. Uh, 
the world is going to get so great. We might have to go through some <laughs> tough times. Yeah. But just when yeah. I, I hear things like this being presented to children, I have a whole lot mm -hmm. of hope. So yeah. I think a lot of people listening rescue various non-human animals. But mm -hmm. when we get into animals that we think of living on farms, it just becomes a bigger deal. So what it's, what's it like? You're a single woman in a private home in Ohio. What does this do to your social life? What about when the UPS comes to deliver something? Just what's your life like living with this uh, amazing roommate? And I think some dogs as well. And some dogs, yes. I have three rescue dogs and a, and a rooster. Um, it, it has its challenges, Victoria. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Breed does have different needs than a dog or cat, you know, one of which he's up early. He, as we can all hear, he crows throughout the day. Um, so, and, so I need to be uh, – I'm mindful of that. Um, as far as my social life, pretty much right now, Bree does have a rooster sitter, a wonderful uh, sitter named Amy, who will come and put him to bed if I want to, you know, maybe go out with friends or do something before I should say he goes to bed between that 4.30 and 5.30 hour. But honestly, a lot of my day has to revolve around him. Today's a perfect example. There were thunderstorms moving through our area. So, you know, he had to be inside with me. I like to give him his outside time, so I had to look at the weather, put him out for a little bit, bring him in. So he is a, a really big responsibility, but uh, Victoria, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and as for the UPS person coming, it is pretty comical when the knock comes at the door and the three dogs and the rooster all run to the door. Bree is blocking and the dogs are barking. Um, and our mailman actually loves him, like wants to hold him all the time. So it's pretty common. That's great. That that sounds like it'll be fun for your show at some point if you can do some on-site yes. filming. So um, because I live with a rescue pigeon, I get this question a lot. Don't you feel bad that Bree can't have a mate? Yes, and I get that question all the time. A lot of Bree's Instagram followers say, you know, he needs a hen. Um, I let Bree decide uh, a, a, a lot of, uh, I, let me rephrase that. I want to make sure Bree is making decisions based on what he wants and needs. Um, case in point, I've had somebody say, well, you know, you're filming him, you're making him film. Bree loves to film. If he jumps off his ladder and he's done for the day, I don't force him back on to say, we need to film this little bit for this series. Um, he really loves it. He loves being with the cast and the kids and the crew. The same is with a mate. I have introduced Bree to hens. He wants nothing to do with them. Um, he loves his rescue brothers and sister. So he does have his flock. It just looks a little different. Um, I do, you know, kind of going back to that question of what's it like a day in the life of Bree, because Bree is a flock animal, and like many of us, he needs contact with people. That is one of the reasons, Victoria, my day revolved around him, and I have a rooster sitter. So he's never alone for extended periods of time. You know, either my dad comes over, or I'm with him, or my rooster sitter's with him. Um, so I'm always ensuring he's content and happy. I want to know about your dad. Your dad sounds cool. 
Oh, yeah, my dad's very cool. Um, and, and my mom is too. Grandma, I, grandma and grandpa, um, they don't have any um, human children, but non-human. Uh, Brie is definitely their grand bird. And um, Brie and my dad have an extremely special bond. Um, my, my, he sees my dad coming and will literally, if he's inside, like jump up and down uh, with, at the window. Like, hey, I'm here, Grandpa. Let's go outside. And uh, they have a little bench they sit on outside. And they will literally just sit together, Victoria, for, you know, an hour or two and, and just be, you know, just be together. So it's a, it's a really beautiful relationship. And um, Bree does travel with me. And this was a couple years back. We had been gone for an extended period of time. And when we came home, I, I wish I would have had my, my video on my camera to film it. I didn't even think about it. Bree saw my dad from across the yard, and chickens can't fly very far, but they can fly. Bree took flight, and he must have flown at least 10 feet to get to my dad as fast as he could. It was really incredible. That, that's very sweet. And I am relating some things to, to Thunder, our pigeon. I realize they're yeah. different species, um, but, you know, they both have feathers. <laughs> and uh, exactly. some of the things that you're saying really hit close to home. So you also have a children's book coming, and I know this won't be out until next year, but give mm -hmm. us a preview of Bree and Me, A Rescue Rooster's Journey. Well, it's exactly like the title uh, says. It, it's basically my story from the day Bree and I met to the day uh, that I decided to leave New York City for the love of Bree and start a new life here in Ohio. Um, and I say that, Victoria, because roosters are not allowed to live in New York City. You can have a hen, but you cannot have a rooster. And the story speaks to, to the reason why, mostly the noise. Um, but the, it's a delightful children's book. It's illustrated by a wonderful Canadian illustrator named Lauren um, McLeod, Foster McLeod, and it will be published by Imagine and Wonder Publishing. And it's full of, of illustrations that Lauren actually illustrated from actual photos, photographs of Brie and me. And it simply tells his story. So we're very, very excited about it. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And I love the name of the yeah. publishing company. I'm always looking Isn't for Isn't that a great name? Uplifting yeah, words. Okay. Yeah, say it again. It's Imagine and Wonder. And I it, it's a children's publishing company. Um, and I think what what a great name for a children's publishing company. We're so fortunate to be with them. And we'll have um, to have you we, back next summer when Bree and yes. me, a rescue rooster's journey hits the shelves. I love it. Um, definitely, if you follow us on Instagram, I'll be starting to post uh, little sketches from the book and illustrations to give everyone a sneak peek. So we'll start to do that probably around the end of the year. Nice. So that's at Brie and Me Rooster. So, Camille, in our last few minutes, do you ever get flack? I mean, do people ever say rude things to you like, you know, why are you spending your life on a rooster? I mean, is there that kind of judgmentalism coming at you from the outside world? You know, I've been really lucky, Victoria. No, I have not encountered that. I've, I've encountered some, some interesting remarks 
alluding to the fact that, you know, Brie is a rooster. Um, I'm not going to say it on air, but if you know the other name for a rooster, you know, people <laughs> kind of make those innuendos to me and, and laugh. Um, but as far as any judgment, not so much. I think people are kind of amazed by Brie and the story, and they're more fascinated with getting to know him um, than kind of sitting in judgment. <laughs> And Brie agrees, as you can hear. He does. I, I love really when his uh, uh, yeah. crows happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's, 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 for, yeah. for somebody that is thinking about adopting somebody, you know, lots mm -hmm. of times people think, well, maybe I will later. This isn't quite the time. Mm -hmm. What would you say yeah. to them? I would say just do your research. There are wonderful. I had so much support from a Facebook group, group called Vegans with Chickens and from micro sanctuaries that focus on roosters. Um, start doing your research now. You never know, and Bree is a huge, huge testament to that, when that opportunity is going to fall in your lap. I had no, I, no plans to adopt a rooster at that time in my life. It happened. Um, and so start to read, start to read about maybe that particular individual, be it a goat or a pot-bellied pig or a chicken, a hen or a rooster that you think you might want to invite into your life eventually. So when that day happens, because it could be a surprise, um, that you're ready for it. Because it is different. There are dietary needs, there are health needs, um, but nothing insurmountable. Oh my goodness, wasn't this fun? Thanks so much to Brie, to Camille Lacate, to Mother Pigeon. Check out our show notes at MainStreetVegan.net so that you can follow both of these amazing humans and the animals in their lives. Thanks to Jeff Comfort, our engineer, and to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. And to all our listeners, God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.